1: It's funny you guys both mentioned Tommy in the story. The stories about Will, like, is it any way while you're playing with this guy that you say to yourself in 2021, 2022, he's going to be the offensive coordinator and Notre Dame.
2: I did.
3: <laughs> I the one thing about Tommy, he was he was smart. He he was just as smart as the coaches we always used to say. So I definitely could see it. Yeah, man, he was the level of. Like his just football IQ was crazy.
2: I just knew Coach Kelly loved him and loved him up like a like a son almost. So I knew if anything was gonna happen, Tommy was gonna be the first player to be anything close to a coach Coach Kelly.
1: So Malik, we can settle the debate now, right? That's why I asked him the question about the most talented team, because Malik. Malik really loves the 2014 squad. Like, the way you guys started off, injuries, Malik is like, yo, that 2014 team really doesn't get a lot of credit. They were super talented. Everybody talks about 2015. What was the difference between those two years, in your opinion, Amir? Was it just simply injuries, or did something click in the summer, in the spring, leading up to the 15 season? that you felt like, okay, we're going to be different going into 15?
3: Yeah, 14, we just – it was, you know, it was a great team. Um, just kind of midseason, things just went downhill after the Florida State game for us, and we just, you know, couldn't catch up. It kind of just snowballed um, where, you know, little problems just kind of just started stacking on little problems, and we were just making uh, more mental mistakes as a team. Uh, but I think, you know, shoot, I think we were like going into that game. If we would have won that game and we were able to ride that momentum, we definitely would have, you know, gone to, I don't know if it was playoffs that year, if it was BCS, but I think, yeah, we would, we would have made it far. I think, you know, the next year, um, shoot a couple things just rolled our way a little bit more. Um, and you know, great camaraderie again, it was a great group of guys. We spent a lot of time in the off season. I know, you know, Malika to attest yeah. to it, man, he, you know, we would be on the field every day, spring ball after practice, let's get some extra throwing in, summertime, let's get out there, man, we were running speed schools, we were getting some extra running in, like, we really spent time going into that season to really build the camaraderie, like, Malik and the receivers, man, we were out there every single day after workouts, after 350s, let's get some routes in, at least let's get, you know, catch some passes, so it was a lot of time we just spent together just to really just get The year before was, you know, a little of those details kind of didn't go our way. The next year was like, okay, you know, these details are going to go our way. Just we had some injuries that didn't go our way that we couldn't really, you know, you can't really do anything about that. But I think that was really the it was just the attention to detail going into that 2015 season. But the talent was there both years.
1: Out of those two years, what was the most devastating loss that you still think about the most?
3: (sighs) Me personally? Yeah. Stanford. 2015.
2: Yeah, that was, was tough. Mine.
3: Was that tough, was man. mine. That's definitely mine, 100%. Now, Clemson was definitely devastating, but like Stanford would have been, so I early. Think, yeah, if we, we would have gone to the playoffs if we would have won that. And it was like we thought we won and they, you know, kicked the field goal to win the game at the end, um which was sad. But I'd say that one, i say definitely was Stanford for me. All right, Lucky Lefty Podcast, Malik
1: Zaire, Sean Davis, special guest Amir Carlisle joining us here tonight. Malik, man, look, he just talked about tonight's show was all about the running back room and how important (laughs) the running back room is to a quarterback, especially a first-time quarterback. And you made the statement yesterday how important and how comfortable Torian made it for you when you were getting ready to start your first game, knowing that he was back there, and just the fact that he got stronger as the game went on. And if you really weren't on your game, you could depend on him to go ahead and get three, four yards pretty much every time you gave him a rock. So with no incumbent quarterback for Notre Dame, we know there's going to be a battle between Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner. You want your guy, Aldrick Estimate, to be the workhorse and the guy to step up. And really show out in the running back room. You have Chris Tyree and the rest of the cast. But why is it so important? Why is it so important for quarterbacks to have that offensive line, especially as first-time starters and those running backs you can depend on, especially in the springtime as they get prepared to go into fall camp and start the season?
2: Well, the biggest part of it is that you're gonna you're gonna force the defense to give you one-on-ones. A lot of what happened in 2015 where we had a lot of success because we could run the football, teams would just play us in man and try to stack the box. Gave us a lot of opportunities to hit guys like Amir and Will and Corey on one-on-one opportunities down the field, which made it hard because now we can stretch the field and run it even if the box is stacked. So with Harry still being back and, and building that offensive line to be better than their average offensive line in college football You're going to have some opportunities to run with a talented group back there. I believe Aldrich Estimate would do great from just, you know, having to put eight guys in there because he's going to to make it hard for guys to tackle him with one guy, which is going to give Tyler the opportunity to throw a lot of one-on-ones. He doesn't have to do a bunch of reading zones. They know they're going to give him some man opportunities on third down. And as a young guy, that's what you probably want the most. Block it up, lock it up. And then throw your one on ones outside, your one on ones to your matchups. When you got guys like Styles, you got fast guys like Lindsey coming back, and Avery Davis coming back. Young Amir, call him Young Amir, mm-hmm. Young Avery Davis.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: You gonna have you gonna have some uh, opportunities to do some special things, which is, I think, could be the benefit for Tyler to have a strong running game with you know Diggs and Chris Tyree, who can play both in the slot and in the backfield, and then you put in some Audry that third, second, third quarter to really get some ground and pound in there, you really got you a nice concoction for a quarterback to for a first-year quarterback to at least get comfortable enough to be in big games and not feel like he has to do it all himself.
1: So, Amir, the same question for you, but from a different point of view. It's like as a wide receiver, you talked about identifying young guys that you thought had promise. Mm. Like if you were there now with no incumbent and you have Tyler Buckner who most people would love to go ahead and win the job. Like, are you waiting for him to take the lead to say, yo, receivers, let's go put in more work after us training or after this practice or as a receiver, are you going to him saying, yo, let's go to the field and let's get it done?
3: So you want your quarterback to be the one that says, you know, let's get out there. And that's what Malik used to do all the time. Like I wanted to get out there just as bad as he wanted to get out there. But, you know, he was the one like, hey, let's get a little extra work. You know, those days where you might not feel like you want to, you know, run some routes. And so I think it's got to come from, from the quarterback. You know, he's the leader. He's the one that facilitates everything out there and really sets the tone and the culture for the team. And you want, you know, that individual really to be, you know, a grinder and spend those hours. We, you know, we, we went out there and went to battle for Malik because we knew, you know, after practice he wasn't just throwing, but he was watching film for two hours. After he threw after practice, and it was like you know he spent that time to really understand and, and go out there and perform. And so yeah, you want your quarterback to be the one that's saying let's get out there, but you you know you want your receivers to be like hey hey guys let's get out there let's get on the judge machine let's get some extra work in. So you want that voice in the receiver room that's you know and Breeze was that voice for us um, you know our last <laughs> year who I was like man let's get out there let's you know let's do what we do guys. Um, but yeah man it all it and also it comes down to that culture that you building. Um, you want guys that are you know willing to put the work in to to, to achieve the goals that the team set out.
1: So I'm, I'm, Malik, is funny because I wanted him to watch this this video. I knew we had it, but I'm not sure if. Oh, here it is. I'll bring it up in a second. But Avery Davis, who Malik says reminds him of you on the squad was asked a question on a podcast. (laughs) I thought I had the video. He was asked a question on the podcast last year. And they basically asked him, like, yo, how you go about learning your releases and, you know, getting off bump and run. And he was like, man, look, you know, I, I went to YouTube and learned different releases. And we were like, well, what the heck is the wide receiver coach doing? Like, like, fam, if you go on to YouTube to learn your releases and then come to find out, reportedly, reportedly. The ex-wide receiver coach Dale Alexander told people upon leaving Notre Dame <laughs> that he didn't have any dogs in the wide receiver room. And I was like, yo, fam, that's wild. Like, didn't you recruit these dudes? <laughs> like, you recruit them to Notre Dame, mm-hmm. but you get them there, and now you just like we we have a bunch of role players, which was his exact words. Dang. what are your thoughts about that? And then tell me about the guys on the wide receiving core what makes it special is you work in the slot, mm. you were really good with your feet, releases, mm. running patterns. like how much work goes into that? and you know the wide receiver core, in my opinion, might be, the most important – other than the offensive line, they might be the most important position room going into Ohio
3: State. Yeah, nah. I, so from my, from my lens, it's, it's definitely a combination. Like, you know, your receiver coach, you know, they're going to teach what they know. Um, and so, you know, not all times they have an understanding of all the different types of releases. So it's definitely on a receiver coach from a drill work standpoint. Like, you want to work drills that, you know, give – not just teach the guys different releases, but give them the freedom to try different releases. And I think that's one of the, it's an underrated point where you get in practice and, you know, you're out of Notre Dame and you feel like you got a five star behind you and you feel like I just can't mess up. But practice is the point of practice is to practice. And so you want to be able to practice different types of release. Sometimes you might get hemmed up and that's something that you throw out the toolbox, uh, but finding kind of what works for you. And so, you know, shoot some guys nowadays with, with Instagram and YouTube, you have, You know, an opportunity to learn from any and everybody. I think, you know, it's a dope thing about the Internet. So, shoot, yeah, you might learn something on YouTube. Try it. You might get hemmed up. You know, throw it out the toolbox. And if it works, it works. Um, You know, one of the, you know, my methods is I like to just, you know, I learn from the guys around me where, you know, I remember Corey Robinson. He was a power releaser. Um, You know, Will, you know, he liked to square guys up off the line and give a jab step. And he did a great job of you didn't know if he was going inside or outside. Um, and just seeing guys are like, OK, he just burnt him in a game, you know, breeze, you know, he liked to do. He was a jab releaser. He also had a nice little speed release. And so just seeing like, OK, that really worked. Walk me through like what was you know, what were you thinking about there? And so I like to talk to my teammates to get an understanding, you know, because shoot. You know, these guys all went to play in the NFL, you know, and, and do what they did in, in their careers. And so it's like, you know, use the people around you to learn from them, too. Um, And so that's what I really used to do is just really ask, like, okay, now let's take a second, you know, walk me through that. And then what I would do also is flip the script. And I would talk to the DBs and say, what is your coach telling you that you can't let happen on this play? You're like, well, my coach told me I can't, you know, don't let you go inside. So, all right, bet. I'm going to threaten you inside get you scared because you don't want to get yelled at. And then now I got a free release on this. And so it was also trying to understand from the opposite end, but it was really, for me, it was like using my teammates to understand what's working, what's not working. And then how is the defense thinking? But, you know, I think, you know, him using YouTube, shoot, try to get as many tools as you can. Um, And then what the coach said, I mean, college sports, you know, coaches are, you know, at the end of the day, you know, there's only so few coaches. That's what I like about coach Freeman that he seems like he's a real genuine dude that actually cares about the players. Um, Cause you don't get, you know you really don't, I don't know the receiver coach who, who you name, so I can't speak on them personally, but you know, that response is, you know, college coach response. So not too surprised by that. <laughs> okay. yeah.
1: Well, America, We thank you so much for giving us some of your time today, man. Always welcome. Big time friend of the program. We appreciate you coming on to celebrate your boy's birthday week. And we can't wait to have you
3: uh, back on sometime soon, man, over the spring and over the summer. Yes, sir, ma'am. Thank you so much. Shout out to Lucky Lefty Podcast, man. That's right, Appreciate man. Appreciate you Appreciate And the y'all. players'
2: company. And the players' company. One hey, more man, time. Let's
3: get it, man. Show
2: love for the players' company.
3: Hey, Anything, you
1: plug? Anything you want to plug before you go?
3: Hey, check us out today. We on Twitter Spaces coming in 10 minutes. If y'all got any time, we got a Twitter Spaces today. It's called Bread 3.0 really exploring the intersection of web three and wealth generation. So we're going to have some pretty thoughtful conversations. So hop in, check us out. Uh, but appreciate y'all follow him as solar bot three,
1: solar man. bot three on Twitter. He is Amir Carlisle. We'll talk to you soon, brother. All right. Take care. Yes, man. man. Yo, happy birthday, bro.
2: Hey, thanks again, man. This is a, uh... Something about those February, uh, those Pisces, man. And the March Pisces ain't the ones to be dealing with.
1: So, birthday tomorrow continues. We will be starting at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. Tomorrow on the show, that cat Juice, Dexter Williams, hey. jumps in to wish Malika happy birthday this week, man. And then we have another special guest We're lined going. Up on Friday. It's Malik's birthday week. This is how we're doing it. We spend it different on the Lucky Lefty Podcast. So let's talk about it, bro. The path to greatness for Tyler Buckner before we get out of here. (laughs) More than anybody, the offensive line, the improvement there, and what you just said about having those running backs in that running game. But Tyler Buckner, especially early on as he starts for the first time in the horseshoe, you want him to be throwing to man-to-man situations rather than trying to dissect the zone and read a lot of coverages, especially post snap.
2: Yeah, I mean, if it's if it's going to be the defensive coordinator from Oklahoma State, he is going to get some man opportunities. I just think it's important for Tyler to feel comfortable. Having those one-on-ones because having the athletes we do have, I think we're going to have some favorable. Just don't throw it to the other team. You know, the 50-50 balls are much more comfortable to throw than the timing routes as your first time starting Ohio State where you're throwing the spots, being on time. Your nerves are going to be a little bit all over the place, but if you got a guy running right down the field and he's 50-50 with the other guy, I mean, your, your, your talent's got to kick in at some point. And make a play. So, if all else fails, he'll be able to take off and run, which will also help, you know, break up the defense a little bit. But if defenses start playing top down, it's going to be tough. So he's going to have to start hitting some shots down deep. That's what I got started to get really good at when I was getting into it, uh, playing in the game. And when I when I was able to do it, I mean, we were scoring all over the place from deep shots to running the football. So that's kind of what I see the track for Tyler being. Uh, and anything else right now is just going to get him to a slow start because he's he's had a tough challenge with that first game.
1: So for you, the difference in having a guy that can get stronger as the game goes on rather than a guy like Chris Tyree, who's more of a home run hitter, how does one benefit Tyler Buckner and his development over the other?
2: Well, I think if you got a guy like, Chris Tyree, and for Tyler Buckner, some of the stuff they were doing in the Fiesta Bowl, like throwing swings and reverses to him, giving him some misdirections, giving him some stuff where he can get it outside the tackle box and get some yardage where the, the, there's more of long handoffs and not actual throws that he has to be precise on. That's how you use Chris Tyree to get those in between the the 30s Get those uh, meat and potato yards. Just giving him something almost like a scat back, which is going to suck the defense up. Like I said, you want to be able to get Brady Lindsay, Styles, uh, and even some of those freshmen behind the defense with these one-on-one matchups. And Tyler does have talent to push the ball down the field further than Jack. So that combination should come in handy for the talent of what we try to put together around Tyler in order to go undefeated and, and win a championship this year.
1: You mentioned it, and then um, Carlisle mentioned it. Amir mentioned it. The leadership you showed in the offseason season between 2014 and 2015, taking the ball by the horn, taking the wide receivers out on the field to get extra work even after spring practice, and it's something I want to show this quick clip. Notre Dame posted it today, and it looks from the looks of it, it looks like Tyler Buckner has ingratiated himself in the workout group to work out with the offensive line. I want to get your thoughts on it. Let's give it a little sneak peek.
2: I used to believe that when a storm hit, I met him toughness to bring me through. But you know what I found out? It wasn't enough. You got trust. You got faith. You got love. Your brothers and your teammates. You it's together. Come on, be Every guy here has paid the same price. There's the guy next to you.
3: That.
1: On, let's go. You yo, and then you saw, yo, that's Tyler Butler spotting Jared Patterson like behind them, like, yo, let's go. And to see that, you know, that's very encouraging to see the young quarterback rolling with the old lineman, like, okay. I like to see that. I need to see Lorenzo Styles Jr. go a little bit deeper on that squat, though, bro. Just
2: a little bit, but yeah, if, it, if it's going to hurt your back or something or your hamstrings, take you it. You saw down. that too, though, right? Yeah, just a little, you know, <laughs> young guy, young guy.
1: Oh, man. So how encouraged? Does that encourage you? As far as Tyler Butner, at least from a leadership standpoint, I'm. Mean, of course, we have to wait to see it on the field. But does, does that encourage you to see him taking the initiative, man, I'm going to go work out with the big dogs because those are the dudes I need to have a relationship with, them and the wide receivers.
2: Well, yeah, if I'm the quarterback, I'm going to the O-line first to establish a good relationship with, especially a guy like Jerry Patterson where I'm like, you're, you're a guy that can protect some people pretty well. So I probably want to get you on my side the first and foremost. Uh, other than that, I mean, I, I like – the attempt to be that guy when the, when the time comes is really going to show in practice is really going to show in moments in the game when it matters, but this is all the necessary work you got to put in beforehand. And he's trying, you know, I don't know what it's like off the field, but it's the moments when nobody's looking is really when it matters for a quarterback and establishing genuine relationships where guys can trust that they can follow you. And, you know, Doing it for the camera these days, you don't know what's real or not. So I hope uh it's encouraging that he's trying and hopefully it results in the chemistry you'll see on the field.
1: Now, how do you go from for you that comfort level in the backfield was tory and Folsom? Audric Estime is a totally different type of runner. What it is what is it specifically about him that makes you say that's the guy they need to take the ball by the horn? if Tyler Buckman is going to become the quarterback and this offense is going to be what it needs to be?
2: Somebody's got to be the bruiser of the of the offense. I think we got a lot of finesse players like Styles and Lindsey and Avery Davis, and even Michael Mayer is not a bruiser of a tight end. But then you need a bruiser in the backfield, somebody especially on these blocks and these linebackers coming in have something to think about. I think that's a much more – Challenge to think about it, running in crazy when you got an Aldrich Estimate blocking, as opposed to the other guys on the roster. Not that they can't do it, but you know, that along with him being a punisher in the run game is going to take some some chunks off the defense, soften him up a little bit, and allow Tyler to be able to put his impact in there too in the run game that can hopefully keep him healthy this year. So I think Aldrich Estimate being the, the one Dennis Robin on the team full of finesse players. I think it's what's needed if they want a chance to get into the nitty-gritty late in the season when they need to call on the run game to win this game.
1: A couple of questions before we get out of here. D, A, number 36 bus, do you guys think TB has the type of personality that can command the huddle and all the players' attention? I, uh, I, the way he ran the ball, he comes across as an alpha male. The way he comes on the field, he feels like he's the best player on the field when he has the ball in his hand.
2: Yeah, he's got sort of that, like, Kyler Murray arrogance where he, you know, he trusted his ability and that, you know, he's he's not going to be the, necessarily the most talkative, rowdy, rah-rah type of guy to bring guys together. He's going to rely more on his competitive spirit and his energy on the field and his playmaking ability to kind of get guys to fall in line behind that. And then, you know, he'll, I'm sure he'll input what he wants to say at the right time when he has to. And it just, it's just his type of a skill set. I think it'll show differently than what a Drew Pine will show because he'll be more uh, rah-rah in your face, talking to you, uh, more of like your homeboy and, and instead of like, you know, the guy that's the best guy on the team is going to make the team better.
1: Yeah, I think we have one more question or comment. Jeff Fluke, what do you think about this, bro? Legacy weekend, 2-on-2 basketball tournament?
2: Yeah, just good. We got to play Chicago style because it would be too hard to <laughs> uh, play a 100 different 2-on-2 teams.
1: Man, Chicago style is the best style, just like Chicago style pizza is the best style, bro. Yeah,
2: I took it too far. Bro.
1: I'm just letting you know, man. You got to show respect. <laughs> Got to show respect. We lead, we do. We lead the country in so much.
2: Yeah, I hear that. You lead the country, all right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Lucky Lefty Podcast. So, as we close up this conversation surrounding Tyler Buckner, he walks into the horseshoe. And, you know, I've been trying to tell Notre Dame fans, like, look, we don't need that dude to throw for 350. He doesn't have to have a better game than C.J. Stroud statistically. He can't turn the ball over, and he has to make the plays when they're there. That's it. That's That's it. it. Let's run the ball, let's pound them, hit them in the mouth, and let our defense do what they do. Yeah. That's the formula to win. There will be plenty of opportunities for big plays. When you get the opportunities, you can't miss it. You can't miss it. Take, take team. Yes. You just want him to be efficient. That's it. Be efficient. It's college football. Like, you can look to the sideline and get the play. It's not hard. You can get the audible from the sideline. Be efficient. Take the opportunities when they're afforded to you. And that's it. There's nothing more we can ask from the young man. And we hope he, man, I don't know if you hope he wins it. I hope he wins the starting job because it's a good thing. I will say this. Alabama quarterback Chris Vazina was supposed to be visiting Notre Dame this weekend. He has canceled that visit and uh, is now visiting Ole Miss. All I'm saying is. He might be canceling because he might have gotten the, the word that uh no need for you to come, bro. We gotta commit coming. We got somebody committing soon. That's all I'm saying. That's the only reason a quarterback would just, oh, no, nah, I'm not gonna go to Notre Dame. I'm gonna go to Ole Miss. Like, yo, do you know something? Uh-huh. It's either that is or
2: is he- it writing on the wall or?
1: Hey, I'm just saying, I predicted that, man, had time of the blue and gold game, baby. I tried to tell you.
2: Uh-oh. It's only right. I think that's, that's, that's spelling the uh, good news out for us in the future.
1: <laughs> you know, and maybe he just wants to stay in SEC country because he's from down there. Maybe that's what it is. But I just thought it was very interesting. Like, he's had this locked in, and days before, he's supposed to be in South Bend. He chooses to go see Lane Kiffin mm. down at Ole Miss.
2: Something to think about.
1: Something to think about. You know what time it is.
0: Petticoat, pet, pet, peticoat, pet, 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 Junction.
1: Teddy Junction each and every day. Teddy's stories. Other day, bro. I don't know if you saw this story as reported by ESPN and the New York Times. The New York Liberty, who happened to be owned by the same owner of the Brooklyn Nets, Joe Sy, were almost asked to leave the WNBA as a franchise because they allowed their players to fly on chartered flights and it gave them an advantage over the other WNBA teams because the other WNBA teams could not afford or chose not to put their teams on chartered flights. Look man,
2: this has got to stop.
1: Yo, it doesn't get any pettier than that, dude. It's like, got to stop. You can't you're mad at another man's pockets and how he wants to treat his employees.
2: You see how they doing us?
1: Those are his those women are his employees. And as a league, you would think that you would ask the other owners to step up and do the same thing. Step up and improve how your players are treated.
2: They, because, act, like they, they act like these owners don't have the money to do all this. Like they got a man. strict budget. Like they a ball on the budget. They got the ability to do it the next day. They just don't. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You can't
1: charter a plane for your basketball team? And it's not like the WNBA season. It's a long season. It's like what? Two and a half months in the summer?
2: Not that bad.
1: Three months in the summer? Come on. And then where are you going?
2: Yeah, the next city over.
1: <laughs> it's, it's crazy, man. I couldn't have. Shout out to Joe Sa for stepping up
4: That's
1: and right treating right the New York Liberty, the same way he treats his players for the Brooklyn Nets. That's right. And shame on the WNBA for not stepping up and requiring that the rest of the owners treat their players the exact same way. It's ridiculous, man. It's absolutely ridiculous.
2: That's just as ridiculous as the Lakers talking about trading LeBron.
1: No, that's spot on, though. Whoa, whoa. That's spot on. That's spot on. They should absolutely. I'm not saying they should do it, but they should absolutely uh, do a, a Kumbaya group and talk about it. Oh, absolutely.
2: See, it's that this is that Chicago Jordan hate. Yes, you guys are no, number no,
1: no, one. No, no,
2: no. This is LeBron. No, 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 no. no. Is this
1: is LeBron, right. Okay, you tell me. You tell me how they get out of this mess. Tell me how What's they get that? out of cap hell. Wait a minute. Tell me the move that gets them out of cap hell Tell me the move that's going to keep Anthony Davis healthy. Te- te- to let me know. <laughs> let me know.
2: You, the first of all, you don't get rid of LeBron. That's first and foremost. That's like, like Shaq said, you'll never, ever, ever win a championship game. Because how are you going to? Okay. That's number rule number one. Second, you got to get rid. You got to cut Russell Westbrook. Just release him after the season. Give him respect. He's a 75.
1: His money's still on the books. It's guaranteed.
2: They got to get him out of there somehow. They had to trade deadline, couldn't get it done. But they're going to, no. they're going to.
1: The deal was there. Rob Palenka and Jenny Buss said no to the deal.
2: They couldn't get it done. That's they what I'm told saying.
1: LeBron and AD, this is the bed you made. Make it work. You asked for this, make it work.
2: Jeannie needs to soften up because I don't know what she thinks this is.
1: No, no, she's been too soft. That's our problem. She's
2: and we'll get, rid of, we'll, we'll get rid of Frankie V because we need it, we need to just a freshen up the scenery. As long as we keep Russell Westbrook on the bench long enough, we'll figure out something with cap space. They're just being spiteful right now because we're fighting to get in the playoffs. Braun's not worried about it. They're gonna get some better pieces around them and coming up. But it's such you can't you can't move forward when the team and people in the organization are holding you back.
1: All I'm saying is if you had to ask me who would win a championship first, LeBron James or Steph Curry, I'm putting my money on Steph. Steph has a better chance of winning a championship over the next two years than LeBron. Because LeBron for damn sure I ain't winning a championship this year.
2: That's okay. He can't win it every. Can't go every year.
1: And once again, I ask you: tell me the move that is going to put a championship team around LeBron James. Let me know in L.A. Let me know.
2: It'll work. It'll work out. What'll work? What's going to work is time is going to work. Time solves all.
1: They're losing to the Clippers. With Kawhi and PG on the sideline, dude.
2: No, yeah, that's it's tough. Austin Reeves, one of our best players right now.
1: Oh, dude, And shout out, because I love my Chicago dudes. But that cat Taylor Horton Tucker is looking like boo boo right now. And he I love look- my Chicago dudes.
2: Yeah, he's looking pretty uh that cat
1: Kendrick Nun got out there, went straight straight LA. Yeah. He fresh to death on the sideline, and ain't played a game yet.
2: Ain't played not one.
1: I bet you in the club every night, too. I bet he's in the club every night.
2: They going through it, I'm definitely telling you.
1: Dude. So it's like, I man, I honestly, man, I don't have a problem, man. I'm thinking about trading LeBron, man. You know what you could get back from LeBron?
2: A team, oh, man. a whole team, a whole starting five. Dude,
1: you could get back. <laughs> um. All right, look. Would you trade him to?
2: I wouldn't trade LeBron, man. That's disrespectful.
1: Now, first of all, nothing's disrespectful. dude. Technically, LeBron's been traded twice.
2: What? Yeah. You're not trading LeBron. LeBron's telling you where he wants to go.
1: No, no, he's technically been traded twice and signed and trades. Technically. Let's see. So he's already been traded.
2: Technically, Jordan. Technically, shouldn't be considered to go. Technically, because LeBron James have accomplished way more. Technically.
1: I mean if that's if novices like yourself want to think that no, hey, novice yeah. they on a novice <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm totally fine.
4: You know, I don't have
1: a problem oh, with no that coming mm-hmm. from a novice, i don't do. not You talk know? yeah, right. Just because you come on a couple of two on twos, dude, down in Notre Dame don't mean you know a hooping.
2: Look, I'm telling you.
1: I know one thing though, according to Amir Carlisle, you know how to get dunked on. I know that. I now, I had, we found that out today.
2: We gotta. We, we definitely You definitely,
1: <laughs> definitely know how to get yammed on. I gotta get Doug Randolph on the show now.
2: Yeah, yeah we definitely gotta get I I Doug. Got Doug solidify this, dude. The Doug,
1: that gave us today. I have to solidify this story.
2: Because I know know Doug, Doug, to tell Doug, it give it to me in detail. Doug, Doug is gonna, gonna tell you. you. He gonna tell you exactly how he already know he can count the hairs, the gray hairs on the mirror's head. Oh the way he was about to dunk on Amir. The, the way he did it, I was on the side like because he blew by me. Amir told you he blew by I wasn't in front of him. I was chasing. It was Amir that was in the way. And 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 that was really what got the crowd going ooh and nah, I ooh, because he failed. See, he, he ain't talking about all that. Amir failed, but that's another story.
1: So last but not least on the petty train, the governor of Florida. Ron DeSantis, who visited and held a press conference at the University of Southern Florida today. And I'm just going to play the clip, and then I'll come back and talk about it, man.
0: You do not have to wear those masks. I mean, please take them off. <laughs> Honestly, it's not doing anything, and we got to stop with this COVID theater. So if you want to wear it, fine, but this is a, this is ridiculous.
1: All right, well, it's good to be at USF. I I don't want to jump in the pulpit on this dude Because I really could care less I think in the middle of this thing Both sides have been bullies I don't care if you love wearing a mask Want to wear a mask Your science goes this way Your belief in the science goes the other way I don't care You're an adult Make a decision Live with the decision But your decision does not make the next person stupid or dumb They make the decision that they feel like is best for them Period. Both sides of this coin have been bullies in this situation. With what they, yeah, they tried to bully the other side with the information that they believe in. And ultimately, it's ridiculous because we all want the same thing, a healthy environment to live in. That's all we want. Everybody wants this pandemic to be over with. Everybody. Everybody's frustrated. But for the governor to go to a press conference with USF students lined up, behind him where he's talking about a new program that they've established for students at that that particular university to berate them in front of everybody over a mask. Like what, dude, what do you, who cares? Why do you even care that they're wearing a mask? Why do you even care? It doesn't affect you. If you and the rest of your cronies don't wanna wear masks, don't wear them. Come and do what you were supposed to do. Make the announcement. Support the school. Go get back in your suburban and go on your merry way. That's it. What are we doing? Are you kidding me? I'm telling you now. If that was my son standing up there, okay. Word.
2: That's what we're doing. But what he didn't say nothing bad though. Technically, he just said you know, dude. Don't tell my kid
1: that this is COVID theater. Obviously they feel like obviously they feel like they need to wear that or they're operating in some school mandate if they're wearing that they're wearing it for a reason right
2: but see that's where it gets twisted cuz then they're like why are they dropping the mandates now it's just like
1: uh... all of it
2: is foolishness
1: i'm not here to argue mask <laughs> on mask off i don't care i'm not future i don't care my point is, when you're the adult in the room, act like it. There you go. That's it. You're the governor of the state. Act like it, man. It has nothing. You, you're the governor over the same people that believe in the mask and the people that don't believe in. You're the governor to all of them. That's true. So act like an adult and do your job. It's as simple as that. Dude, I'll give you my experience. I was the only one wearing a mask when I went to media day. Coming from the state of Illinois where everything was mandated, going to Indiana where it's nothing. There was absolutely nothing. Not only was I the only pepper in the
2: room. He's a mass pepper.
1: I was a mass pepper. <laughs> and I didn't give a dog. I didn't give a damn. I didn't Man, look,
2: that's crazy.
1: I didn't get dude. You know, I didn't care about the looks I was getting. I didn't, you didn't I know what you didn't know which reason
2: it was for, so it didn't matter.
1: It didn't matter. <laughs> I was there to do a job. I didn't care. But I did what I wanted to do. And what I was doing didn't impact anybody else. That's the kicker. How is my attire? What I have on, why is it impacting you so much? Why? It's not keeping you from doing your job. It's not keeping you from having a good day. Do your thing. Here these kids are, happy to be a part of this press conference and represent their school, and this dude just comes straight in and he's just talking crazy. Like, man, calm your tail down and read what your your assistant has typed up for you. It's not like it's your words anyway. Come on, man. We got to stop being petty towards each other. It's a a bigger story to this, bro. Me and you can disagree on a lot of things in life. We had a conversation. I don't even know if you watched uh, the Swan Song this, this Sunday. You and I have had discussions about certain things concerning a certain individual. Right? We we fall on two different sides of the coin. But that's not gonna make us have a beef. (laughs) We we differ on opinion about something that has nothing to do with us, and all of a sudden we gonna have beef over that because we have a difference of opinion, really? Well, people
2: people beef over two dollars, so you know
1: man, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, bro. Come on, man! Yes, that's my new nickname, Mass Pepper.
2: The Mass Pepper. <laughs> mass Pepper. <laughs>
1: dude, I do. When I saw that clip, I'm like, man, bro, I'm dude.
0: You do not have to wear those masks. I mean, please take it off. Honestly, it's not doing anything, and we got to stop with this COVID theater. So if you want to wear it, fine, but this is is ridiculous.
1: (sighs) All right. Well, it's good to be at USF. There was nine students up there. Two of them took their masks off. The other seven said, man, shut up. (laughs) This is COVID theater, dude. COVID theater.
2: lucky lefty podcast here that's what it is. Man,
1: look presented and featuring anora whiskey go to anorahwhiskey.com is that premium american whiskey anorahwhiskey.com tomorrow juice number two dexter williams in the house on the lucky lefty podcast don't forget you can subscribe to us on apple podcasts search a2s network you get all of our podcasts right there subscribe share more more than anything hit that like button hit the like button we appreciate you we're almost there to two thousand subscriptions we almost have two thousand subscribers it's all because of you ll nation we appreciate you let everybody know and make sure you tell everybody that we're off mornings and back to evenings for the off season so for my boy malik zaire the overtime malik Sean Davis at SD two mics tap in with us always. We are the lucky lefty podcast. We'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the lucky lefty podcast. We'll be spending.
4: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger.